dates if you don't have any pudding. Ah! Well, you have to wonder whether pudding's really good for you anyway. That's true. Hey, uh, it's 533 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be kind of a crappy day today. Rainy with a high of 69, giggity. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 54 right now in downtown Springfield. Scott Zolak is going to talk to us today, or talk with us, or we'll talk around him. But there's lots to talk about. Like, Whether it's, uh, well, uh, roughing the passer calls, uh, probably still talk about concussions, and the, oh yeah, that game against the Browns. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up on Sunday. So there's that. Well, I'll rip and read my analysis off of ESPN, and we'll have a great conversation. No, 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 Steve. That analysis is coming from uh, the, the very top of your head, thanks to all that great uh, you know, study, review films, you yes. know, all those things. Well, I know a lot about facts. I yes. was an understudy for quite a few months. <laughs> Putting it mildly. <laughs> yes. It's 534 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Every game, every play, only on Rock 102. This Sunday, the 16th, it's the Pats at Cleveland. Pre-game at 10 a.m., kickoff at 1. Patriots football on Rock 102 is brought to you in part by Country Bank, Eppendorf, Park Cleaners, Rocky's Ace Hardware, Metro Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. The Pats are on. Wait for it. <laughs> rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Stone Temple Pilots of Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be a pretty crabby day today. It's uh, not sunny. <laughs> Rainy with a high of 69. It's 55 in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Don't you have the storm damage thing? Oh, yeah. Through? I suppose yeah. I should mention that uh, if you have storm damage affecting your water, call Aqua Pump in Stafford Springs. And go. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. (laughs) All right, Elon Musk is now selling a fragrance called Burnt Hair for $100 a bottle. I'll buy it. The website calls it, quote, the essence of repugnant desire. That's the kind of desire I deal with. There's no word on what it actually smells like, though. Well, I would hope, like, real burnt hair. Kind of like when you go to Yankee Candle and you smell something that says log on it and it smells just like wet wood. Yeah, I don't like that. That was the... Remember the bacon? We, we talk about that a lot. The bacon candle. It was disgusting. That was the worst idea the Yankee Candle ever had, was the bacon candle. And what smells better than, than bacon? Uh, than bacon, uh, you know, being cooked. Right, but it had... It was more like a... Like bacon got left in a smoker overnight and somebody forgot about it because they were too drunk. And then you picked it up and it's all wet. You know, rainstorm came in. All kinds of things. Nobody called Aqua Pump. Nobody called Aqua Pump. See? Could have had that storm damage taken care of. Mark Wahlberg moved his family to Nevada. He says it allowed him to, quote, give my kids a better life and follow and pursue their dreams. And it, quote, made a lot more sense for us. Better than Massachusetts? Yeah, wasn't he from Brockton? Or was it Dorchester? Dorchester? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you don't want your kids uh, beating up uh, people of... Uh, for their lunch money? What are yeah, you talking yeah. about? what's the matter? What's wrong? In Vegas. You want to raise children in a desert? Yeah, you know, of all the places to go, that would not be the... Pl- that, that wouldn't... If I had money like he did... You could choose pretty much anywhere you want to live. Why would you live in a place where it was 170 degrees most of the year? When you were in Vegas, did you get ever get like off the strip and drive around? 
in yeah, actual Las Vegas? Yeah, it's a dump. Exactly my point. Yeah, and there's really nothing there outside of the city. You got to drive at least two or three hours to get somewhere. Yeah, now that was a profoundly bad idea from Mark Wahlberg. Well, thanks, Mark Wahlberg. Way to stick with your Massachusetts roots. Christopher uh, Colfer from Glee was asked if he'd like to uh, if he'd like to go. What? Read oh. it again. Christopher Colfer from Glee was asked if he'd like to go with her to see Leah Michelle in Funny Girl on Broadway, and he said, "Quote: I can be triggered at home." They left out who he was talking about. That would be an important part of the story. Yeah. I don't understand this. Why is uh, why is this all convol- Why is this all jumbled today? I don't know. I don't know, Steve. It's oh, you know what I just God. got that. It's that Thursday rut. I guess so. Adam Sandler said uh, part of his brain feels like he doesn't belong. Well, we already knew that. Uh, yet he'll still make twenty million dollars a film. So it makes uh, feeling uncomfortable and playing loser characters come naturally. He says his acting is changing over the years because he's getting more settled as a human being. I mean, he is developing as an actor. It's not like he's just doing slapstick comedies. But don't you kind of appreciate the slapstick comedies a little bit more than when he's getting all sophisticated and serious? Yeah, but that's the whole idea. I mean, Robin Williams did the same thing. Robin Williams was a a phenomenal comedy actor and a dramatic actor as well. Well, let me ask you this. What do you prefer? Like the funny Bill Murray or the serious Bill Murray? Or... The Bill Murray that grabs ass on the set of a, of a film. I like uh, the one that grabs uh, ass on the set of yeah, a film. Yeah, I kind of like that yeah, one too. You know? Yeah, there's nothing, nothing like a good old a good old actor who doesn't know his boundaries. Me and Harvey Weinstein are hanging out this weekend too. <laughs> we we, sh- we should all learn that valuable lesson. Uh, Jamie Foxx didn't get into Cardi B's birthday party on Tuesday night because he showed up with too many people and they didn't have room for all of them. Jamie was cool about it, though. He left without making a scene. Are you kidding me? Jamie Foxx shows up to your birthday and you don't have enough room for him and his entourage? Come on. Uh, Well, how many people in the entourage? It doesn't say. It just says he showed up with too many people. But what if too many people means, like, two? Then you're just being a jerk. Right. You find ways. I mean, if he shows up with, like, 25 people... Then maybe you say, hey, uh, it's a BYOB, or and by that I mean birthday cake. Yeah, uh, well, it doesn't say how many people. It just says Jamie Foxx rolled up in his Rolls Royce, got out, changed his shoes. I guess that's something he does when he gets out of a limo or a Rolls Royce. Then he walked up to the club, had a conversation with the doorman, and then walked back to his car. Uh, I don't know. That's, uh, that's insulting. It's Jamie Foxx. He played Ray Charles, for God's sakes. If... If Jamie Foxx were to come to one of my parties, and I'm not throwing any, but if I were and he came uh, to the house, I'd let him in. We'd yeah, hang out. I would, too. Why not? I'd ask him to help me do stuff, like bang a garage door or something. I, I would say, hey, Jamie, could you um, could you watch the fish tank? Yes. Could you watch the fish tank? And they're, they're betta fish, so you need to betta fish, whatever they right. are. You need to have betta food. Because I like to give everybody a, a job to do at the party so they don't feel like they're not doing nothing. Yeah, well, you get the coats. Uh, you got to make sure that nobody puts any drinks down on the stereo. Right, and then he'll say, "Can I? Can I watch? Can I run the music?" No, no, no. no that's, that's I, already, I already got that handled. Who? What was the character name? Wh- whose party did uh, Jerry uh, go to? Not Todd had? Gack. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was Todd Gack. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Who uh, better to teach your kids how to read than ACDC?
don't have an answer for that. There's a book coming out next month called the ACDC ABCD High Voltage Alphabet. And it includes passages like this. A is for Angus, who thinks it's good luck to wear a school uniform and walk like a duck. That's Ooh, I actually, like that. That's actually not bad. I wouldn't. We should get a copy of this. It's a good thing. way to teach your children. The book feels like it's more for adult collectors than kids, with references to Hell's Bells and other uh, kid-unfriendly songs. The uh, entry for J reads, J is for jail with no liberty. Break the hell out. You've got to be free. That's great. Oh, I always wanted to teach my kids that kind of stuff. Didn't you? Listen, learning the ABCs is a very important thing. Hey, Kim Kardashian and I have something in common. She just recently celebrated her birthday. No kidding. Yeah, she blew out her candles on the cake. She must have had something to say. She said, oh my God, the last time I blew candles out like this was when I gave Ray J the juicy hobnocker kabloosh in that sex tape you could purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. Remind me to look up kabloosh later on today. I don't know if you want to. Caitlin? I never got that done dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once uh, had her do some salami slurping. <laughs> we watched our favorite comedian, Felicio Sands. What are you trying to say? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is uh, she hired me for some legal work and I did a quid pro quo job. <laughs> and Kanye? I think I'm going to need legal representation too. <laughs> yeah, I think you will. Uncle Caitlin, you want to take me out and take on my case? <laughs> I, I think she'll turn that down. Such an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Rash from Rock 102. Ah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 611 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today uh, with a high of 69, giggity. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 55 right now in downtown Springfield. Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday. Chuck E. Chuck E. Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday. Chuck E. Chuck E. Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday. Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday. Yeah. If there were a Chuck E. Cheese open somewhere in the Western Mass area, I would take you there today. You would take me? And you and I would jump into that giant pool of balls. You know, I, uh, it, it is obviously my birthday today. First of all, I want to know, there was like nine people that posted on my Facebook between the hours of 10 p.m. and, well, actually, looking at it more closely, like midnight and 4 a.m. Sure. Who is up that late? Um, happy birthdays. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't usually write uh, my happy yeah. birthday wishes until at least 5:30. But uh, today's the day. Yeah, man. How old are you today? 44. <whistles> I'm 44 years old. God. I remember turning 44 about 12 years ago, and you know what? It yeah. was a good day. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't really remember that date specifically, but you know, it was your birthday after all. You know, it's it's it, you know what it is. It's starting to hit me now. Like I think we were talking about this a little bit recently. Like all the things that you don't think have been a long time until you actually go, "Oh my God, that was twenty years ago." You know, <laughs> I've been working here for eighteen years. I know that's insane. It's nearly half your life. Uh, it is. Yeah, and yeah. that's uh, it's it, when you put it in perspective like that, it's like, oh, how depressing is that? You know, so my birthday was last month, and at 56, you really just stop having to care. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know what did I do on my birthday? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. I took a nap. Yeah. That was a that was a gift to myself. Well, I'm going to try getting one of those in today. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah. The best thing you can do for you. Uh, I got you a couple of gifts. 
Did you? Uh, I did. I uh, I got you an interview with Scott Zolak, brought uh. to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Uh, it's also a Thunderbird Thursday, and so we'll be giving away tickets even though you are not qualified to win. But those are my gifts to you. Bro, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Best gift? Well, I won't say <laughs> Well, I think those are very uh, I, generous. There's a there's a cash value to those tickets that will be you know, shouldered by somebody else. But yeah. uh, but Zolak, how about that? Yeah, Scott Zolak. Yeah, huh? Are you you're gonna welcome. Have, are you gonna be? Is it gonna be like uh, like like we're going out to dinner at an Applebee's and you're gonna have to tell Zolak before we go on the air? Hey, by the way, it's his birthday. Scott, could you sing that special birthday song? Happy happy, could you happy birthday sing? from Patriots to you. Happy happy birthday. I don't even know how the rest of it goes. <laughs> I remember when you were 42. Yeah, there, right, you go. Right, right, there you go. So, um, so what are you going to do? You doing anything tonight uh, special? Uh, no. I mean, you know, my kids are at school and they got sports and yeah. all that stuff. And then uh, I think I was going to, I'm going to go buy a, a nice big steak and I'm going to cook it all for myself. See? Now that's, yeah. you know, this is the day, I think, one of the biggest things that separates men from women. Okay? A man... That's all he really, truly wants. Even a man yeah. that's lying to himself and says, oh, I'm a vegetarian. What he really wants is a big, fat steak. Yeah. Fatty, maybe a little gristle in there. Oh, yeah. Nice gristle. and salty. Love gristle. Loaded with you know animal fat and everything. It's like the best, it's like the best thing a man could hope for. Yeah, I, I want to get a cut of meat the way I want it. and Because uh, my kids really don't eat like red meat a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's more like chicken and stuff like that. But, yeah, but uh, you do. But I do. Yeah. I love, I love like that Fred Flintstone sized, you know, brontosaurus burger. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I'm going to, and I'm going to do it on the smoker. I don't know a single woman who says, you know, all I want to do for my birthday is, is not drink fruity cocktails with my friends. I just want a big, thick, fat, juicy steak. I don't know a single woman that, that, that ever says that. I don't know a single woman who doesn't celebrate birthday week. Well, see, that's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, we could never, as men... Pull that off. Not just not, couldn't we pull it off. I don't think we could find another group of men want to celebrate us with, celebrate it with us for an entire week. Yeah. I don't think men really want to, really care that much that it's your birthday. Mm, that it's somebody else's birthday or your own birthday? Anybody's birthday. Yeah. And you're certainly not going to celebrate it for you know more time than I'm ready to allow. Well, I mean, I'll wish you a happy birthday. But I'm oh not yeah, getting you anything. But I'm not going to spend you know the weekend out of town with you drinking no. little fruity drinks with uh, umbrellas no. in it. I'm no. not going to do that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a nice steak. I'm gonna cook some uh, maybe julienne potatoes. Oh yeah, you know you yeah. cut them and then you put them in. Who's the oven. this julienne chick you're talking about? Oh, uh, I don't know, but I hear she's nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's it's the style of potato. You cut it. You've seen these before, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. You take the baked potato and you cut slits in it, just like you would to a woman named Julienne. Right, sure. And, uh, yeah, right. and you cut it, uh, you slice it, and then you put some butter and olive oil and all that stuff, oh, and you yeah. bake it. Ah, oh, it comes so out good. delicious. Yeah. See, uh, in in uh, a case uh, like me, if I were going to celebrate with uh, with animal flesh, I wouldn't bother with side dishes. I would just get a big steak that would fill me up all on its own. Oh, yeah. So just steak with a side of steak. Well, I mean, it depends. I'd make a steak sandwich. What I'd do is I'd, I'd cook three steaks. I'd have like a, one steak that goes in the middle of the yeah. other two steaks. That's a steak sandwich for me. Well, like if you go to, you go to like a Morton's. Oh, you know? God, I love Morton's. They have these uh, these Gouda, it was, what the hell was it? Uh, Gouda, 
Something smoked Gouda mac and cheese, I think. That's, oh, that's my the, God. That, that was the one that was, like, delicious. But I don't, I'm not spending you know, $15 on a side. The, the Morton's in Hartford is yeah. no longer there anymore. Which I, I I can't believe ever closed a Morton's. I mean, I've never closed the Morton's. I would never leave a Morton's. Right, right. But uh, that's a good place, man. That's a really good place. What was the one I went to uh, in Vegas? I went to a Ruth Chris. Yeah. Once, and then the other time I went to Vegas, I went to. Um, oh, now I can't remember it. It was the famous one where uh, Dean Martin and uh, Frank Sinatra used to hang out. Mm-hmm. And they, I can't remember the name of that place, but it was like either. this really cool old steakhouse. And they had like the a la carte things on it. I like a steakhouse that's like nice and dark. Yeah. Not a lot of light. I mean, there's enough light for you to see how well your steak has been cooked. But they're playing nothing but uh, they're playing nothing but those great, great you know Sinatra classics well, and stuff. Well, that's what this was. It was like a Rat Pack. Uh, you know, originally back in the day, they yeah. all used to hang there after the shows because it was right near the Sands or something like that. You know what ruins a good steak for right. me? Uh, it's not steak sauce. It's not side dishes. It's country music being played in the background. That will ruin my appetite. What are you talking about? A Texas Roadhouse is a perfectly fine place. There's to get nothing at. wrong with a Texas Roadhouse except all the atmosphere and the music. Oh come on now! You you're just not having fun at a steakhouse. You don't want to uh, possibly have, find out you have a peanut allergy by walking into a place that has peanut shells. Well, all over I, the floor? See, I don't have a peanut allergy, so I can't really relate to those who do. But yeah. if you're going to ruin a steak. Uh yeah, have the uh, the country music. Have your waitstaff wear cowboy hats, and uh, and have them say, "What can I get all you cowpokes for dr- for dinner?" Or uh, is there anything that you uh, you uh, you would like me to wrestle up for you for a drink at the bar? You know, I remember my, when I was a kid, my dad took us into New York City uh, to get illegal fireworks for my brother. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> as tradition in New Jersey, right? And uh, he drove us into the city for a, for a nice night out in the town. Uh, before he had my mother, my sister, and I standing on the corner by ourselves in Chinatown at eleven o'clock at night, while they went into some seedy place to get fireworks. But anyway, before that, we went to this restaurant called the Cattleman. It was uh, one of the one of the one of the more famous restaurants in New York before right. that closed. But it was set up like the old West, and they brought the side of beef out to the table. I remember, yeah. it, like I was probably like seven years old, but I just remember, and it, maybe it wasn't as big as I'm thinking it is, but it was still pretty big. The guy wheels it out, and my dad's like, "Oh, that I'll take that one." <laughs> The porterhouse, and uh, and and they cut it up for you. But they had all these people dressed up in like, uh, you know, like they were like the hookahs from the from the from the old west. Oh yeah, you right. Know? She was wearing you know all the kinds of the it, scarf. It looked, and the, it, it looked like of, an episode of Gunsmoke. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, that was cool. And they gave me a little badge that said Cattleman Restaurant yeah. <laughs> Buckaroo Beef Deputy. You yeah, know? beef like, deputy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was fun. See that's fun when you're a kid, but like I like now that I've uh, you know kind of established my own uh, in my own way of doing things and, and, and my own comfort zone. If you feed me a steak, no matter how delicious it is, you're knocking it down a few pegs. If I got you know fucking Garth Brooks singing in the background or you know any other you know country music star, but if you if you're playing like like some some Dean Martin or Tony Bennett and I'm eating a steak yeah. the size of my head. That's a good experience. I'm, uh, I'll am i even take a lesser steak just for that atmosphere. I'm actually interested to try the steak on a, on a pellet grill. 
because it's got the, the there was a recipe that I saw that you, if you you can smoke it for about ten minutes mm-hmm. and kind of get it that blast of flavor of yeah. uh, mesquite, sure, if you want. But then you got to sear the hell out of it, right? Well, that's okay. Yeah, I like a good sear. Yeah. Oh man, now I wish it was my birthday. Yeah, see, we could be both eating steak. <sighs> hey, you know what? Why don't we take the boss's credit card and go get a steak today? Come on. His treat. You know what? Uh, We're already talking about going on the boss's dime tomorrow. Well, we can go twice. Man, I don't know if he's going to let us get away with twice. Although, you know, I have no problem going out and getting a steak tomorrow. Yeah. What if I I buy something from here? Do we sell anything? Like, we don't sell any, like, merchandise, do we? We we had that golf club thing, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's done now. If I buy something from the snack machine... Technically, I'm a client of the radio station. I should be taken out to a nice lunch. That's all I'm saying. It's not a bad argument. No. I don't re- see anything really wrong with isn't. that. No. What did you get for this? I bought a box of Junior Mints. <laughs> They're quite refreshing. Yeah. So. Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday. Thank you. No problem. Happy birthday to you, Steve. Oh. 44. Happy birthday. No such thing. Chuck E. Cheese birthday. It's 623 with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. Power through and more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's a local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Uh, Thanks, Max. Three police officers in central Connecticut have been shot. Two of them are dead and one is in critical condition. It happened in Bristol around 11 p.m. in the Redstone Hill area. People who live in that area reported the sounds of multiple gunshots. The identities of the three officers involved have not been released. Connecticut State Police are expected to provide an update on this situation at some time uh, at some point this morning. So awful situation going on there Mm. in, uh, in Bristol. A portion of Route 9 in Hadley was closed after a 13-year-old boy was hit by a vehicle on Tuesday morning, according to the Northwestern DA's office. Uh, spokesperson Lori Lozell at around 7.30 a.m., a boy was struck crossing at a crosswalk near the Hampshire Juvenile Court. We talked about this yesterday, but they do have now a picture of the van that is suspected of uh, hitting this this kid. So if you if you can identify that photo... It's on 22 News. It's on the Hadley Police uh, Department uh, web page, Facebook page. Uh, you're asked to call the uh, the Hadley Police. Lots of lots of um, pedestrians being hit. Two teenagers were taken to the hospital after being struck by a car on Bay Street in Springfield the other night. Two pede- uh, where the hell did the rest of the story go? Okay. Well, well, that's. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there seems to be a lot of that just this week. Yeah, both pedestrians were taken to Bay State Medical Center. One is suspected to have serious injuries, and the other person was being evaluated for possible injuries. But a lot of these uh, these traffic, this increased traffic uh, violations and, and speeding, and yeah. uh, that poor guy in front of the rumble seat the other night, uh, the driver going seventy miles an hour down a thirty-five mile an hour street. I don't know what's going on. Why it's why the traffic is why people feel the need to speed. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but no, but, but it's be but reckless about it. But you're right. You know why are people driving like morons? It, I mean, this this is happening. You know, way too much. It seemed though. I to me, it feels like when the pandemic began and like there was nobody on the road and all these people were. Oh, hey, I can go 50, 60 miles an hour. There's nobody out here. Well, now that all that traffic is back, those same people are still out there, and it's causing all kinds of problems, which is not good. One person was injured in a fast-spreading fire yesterday afternoon Yesterday afternoon at a home on Gerard Drive in Ludlow. Ludlow Fire Chief Ryan uh, Pease 
said that one resident was home when the fire started. The person called 911 to report the fire and tried to evacuate with their pets. Uh, P said the person received minor injuries in the fire, and an unknown amount of dogs and cats are still missing from the home at this time. Fire crews arrived within three minutes of the call and found the home completely on fire, with wind making the fire spread rapidly. Due to no dedicated water supply in the area, water water tank trucks from Ludlow, Granby, Palmer, and Westover were called in to help put out the fire. This thing was huge. Yeah, they just had a picture of this uh, and video of it too. Of the entire house was just a big giant ball of fire. It's crazy. You had all that mutual aid going around just uh, to get to to fight it. Uh, The fire was put out, but crews were expected to stay at the home uh, throughout the night. Uh, due to an underground propane tank that was damaged in the fire and began linking, leaking, the propane company is assisting in maintaining the tank. You have any happy stories? You had any fluff pieces you'd like to share? Because man, everything's a what a distressing newscast this turned out to be. I know. I uh, this is a this is a birthday. Uh, we should be celebrating. There, yeah, there should be. I mean, this, there should be uh, some good feel stories here. You know, no, no, we got rid of good feel. No, we're, I get we're, it, we're, but we're, on your birthday, man. I mean, come on. All right. be something. Uh, you want to hear about the radio host who uh, fainted on the air while confronting her fear of spiders? <laughs> sure. I didn't know if you know that Tuesday was uh, National Face Your Fears Day. No, nope, right? Didn't know. And a few of uh, a few of our colleagues from down under, <laughs> okay, did a segment that got a little too intense. A radio host in Sydney named Aaron Molin agreed to face her fear of spiders by letting a small tarantula crawl across her hand, but it turned out she was more afraid of them than anyone realized. They brought in a listener to do it first, and that went okay, but even during that, you could hear Aaron in the background already having a panic attack. When it was finally her turn, she kept saying she still wanted to do it, but then before they even put the spider on her, she fainted live on the air. Oh, my God. What What an embarrassment. Thankfully, she's okay. She was back up and laughing about it a few minutes later, but they had to cut the segment short and go to commercial. The They posted a video of the Well, because they had thing. a Tom Petty song they needed to play. Well, that's the other thing, too. I mean, you can't not let that go. <laughs> uh, and they have they have the whole video up on, uh, yeah. on Facebook and everything. Is that the kind of happiness that you wanted? No, nah, maybe go, want... go back to those dis- depressing stories. Then. Okay, drug bust in Holyoke. Oh, oh no. no. This is Eeyore news this morning. The FBI's Western Mass Gang Task Force was in Holyoke Wednesday, cooperating with local authorities on an ongoing investigation. (laughs) (laughs) FBI agents, along with Holyoke police officers, were seen entering a home in the area of Hamden and Waldo Streets. Oh, that's where it is. Now, where's Waldo? Well, it's uh, in the area of Hamden. Ah, Okay, good to know. An FBI representative said it was part of a court-ordered activity uh, to protect the investigation. They could uh, not release any more information. Wow. Thanks so much for bringing us up to speed on the whole thing. (laughs) I don't even know why they even bought. Oh, we saw the FBI out there. What were they doing? We don't know. (laughs) Guess what? They don't owe you an explanation either. Well, I guess I guess it's not like a newspaper used to be where you only had so many inches to put things in a newspaper. This is the Internet. You can just throw stories up left and right, whether or not you have any information or not about it. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, there are some people who still consider themselves journalists, whether it's, you know, the mm-hmm. Internet or not. And if you don't have the information, you don't report it. 
More than uh, 20,000 bags of heroin, AR-15 rifles, and additional drugs were seized from a Holyoke apartment last week. A Hamden uh, DA Anthony Galuni held a uh, news conference uh, yesterday morning to discuss the findings of massive narcotics investigation and seizure. Uh, Galuni stated that on October 7th at approximately 1.30 p.m., the Holyoke police investigated an apartment at 119 Nonatuck Street in, the Ho- in Holyoke after a two-month-long investigation. The investigation into drug trafficking intensified after a shootout at that address, which left a man dead and 30 shell casings were found on September 3rd. Damn. Damn. So that's a good bust. That's, uh, that gets a lot of those guns and drugs off the streets, I suppose. Yep. Officers conducted a search warrant, and the police seized 20, 165 bags of heroin weighing over 400 grams, over one kilogram of cocaine, two AR-15 rifles, three handguns, over 20 magazines, and, and a, a partridge in a pear tree. Street value, $250,000. That's a lot. That's, listen, that, that stuff doesn't come cheap. Uh, the East Longmeadow police are asking for the public's help in identifying a suspect who allegedly stole perfume from Walgreens in East Longmeadow. According to the department, a man entered Walgreens on October 9th at 7.46 p.m., went down to the cosmetics aisle, pried open the locked cases of perfume and other fragrances, and put them in a large gift bag. The man uh, filled the bag with several bottles of perfume, totaling $1,300. Really? They sell that expensive perfume well i mean if it all depends on how many he stole well several bottles would mean what less than 10 let's say you had less than 10 maybe yeah i guess if they're 100 bucks a piece but i didn't think walgreens was selling that kind of highfalutin perfume well let me tell you something about uh, walgreens it's a very sophisticated boutique if you want to smell good and be around people who also smell good you go to a walgreens yeah, I I prefer Walgreens over uh, CVS. So yeah, all my uh, all my business is done at CVS. Why? Why not? Because I always feel like you're waiting extra long when you're in a CVS. You know why? Why? Because people prefer CVS. I it's where the cool kids shop no, for their I medications. I, I don't think that's what it is. Listen, if you if you're sick and you want to smell good, I suggest going to a CVS. No, I think I'm going to stick with, uh, what did I say? Walgreens. Walgreens. Forgot right. the name of it already. Yeah, Wa- Walgreens is uh, more user-friendly. Oh, see, I don't find that to be true. Hey. I find I find both of them to be very similar. And the, the, the extra bucks program with CVS is very confusing, whereas to Walgreens, it's like, okay, you accumulate points, and eventually it's worth 5 or $10. Let's do that instead of... You've earned two CVS bucks, yeah. which you can only use between the hours of 1 and 4 p.m. Uh, five days ago. You know, like 35 years ago, uh, I remember living pretty cl- like across the street from a Walgreens, and I don't think they have this policy anymore, but they used to have this policy where if they don't hand you a receipt, they had to give you $5. And, I, and at the time, you know, I was broke. I was a young kid. I, I had no, no money. And every time I go into a Walgreens, it's hoping, praying. That they wouldn't give. That they the wouldn't receipt. give me the receipt. Did it ever happen? Never ever happened. I never got that five dollars. Yeah, you know why? Because that was back in the day where they disciplined those employees. Now listen, we're supposed to give five bucks to everybody we don't give a receipt to. If I catch any one of you, yeah, yeah, those are little the, weasels. Those are the good old days. Not doing this, like Mayor Dom. He was the mayor. He was the manager of the uh, thing. <laughs> listen, 
Anybody who gives $5 out to any of these uh, these uh, <laughs> scumbags out here, you're going to answer to me. I'm going to wrap that CVS tape right around your neck. I will take you apart like you made a Lincoln Logs. Mm. Speaking of the uh, the mayor, the mayor called you this morning, he wishing did. you a happy birthday. How yeah. does he... How does he even know that stuff? I don't know. He's got it's, it's in like in his mental Rolodex in his head. I mean, does he have a, a calendar of what he writes this stuff down on? Because I can't. Re- I mean, I can't remember names and dates and stuff like that. Maybe he's got the iPhone. Hey, he's Mayor Dom Dom. He doesn't need to remember anything. Information just is presented. He's to him. like an elephant. He forgets nothing. I thought elephants forget everything. They forget nothing. They have a great memory. They do. Allegedly, yes. I thought, wait, who is the, oh, goldfish. Goldfish. It's a big difference between a goldfish and an elephant. Ten-second memory. That's right. An elephant has the like the brain uh, the size of an ottoman. Yeah. Goldfish got the brain of the size of like a, a the, the head of a pencil. His uh, his phone broke up this morning. He was wishing me a happy birthday, but he was doing it in Italian. So no, it was like, that- uh, gabagool uh, cumplianos uh, there, Nagel. <laughs> The fact he called you is pretty is pretty I'm, amazing. Hey, listen, how many people get a get a personal phone call from the mayor at uh, five forty five in the morning? Yeah, I mean he won't yeah. call when the show is going on when we can actually stand to use a conversation like that. Well, but uh, a, before the show, it's just you know it's, it's personal. He's a politician. He doesn't want to talk to uh, and answer questions about <laughs> things. Not in front of the media. I know. God, that's horrible. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today: rainy with a high of sixty nine. Giggity tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 68. Not so giggity. 57 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. This week. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 651, and Rick Derringer with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be wet today with a high of 69, giggity. That sounded dirty, didn't it? It sure did. Uh, tomorrow, even wetter with a high of 67. It's 58 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, if you ever miss a single moment of the exciting Bax and Nagel show, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. That podcast goes out every single weekday, uh, Monday through Friday. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. So if you miss a show, very easy to, uh, to catch up and listen to it later on your time schedule. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest, Martin Atkins from the uh, Post-Punk and Industrial Music uh, Museum in Chicago. Guys who's played with uh, Public Image Limited and Nine Inch Nails and Ministry and many, many more. Really cool interview. And next week, I'm going to be talking again uh, for the second time, Fee Wable from The Tubes. Mm. So that's, oh, uh, that's going to be a good one. Very cool. Very cool guy. I've talked to him before. And uh, that will be available on Monday on rock102.com. Look at this uh, story about this guy on a ferry at a British Columbia. A passenger band from BC Ferries uh, needs to work on their acting skills or disguises. On Sunday, BC Ferries contacted the uh, police stating that an individual that had been banned from the ferries was on the vessel in disguise. According to the uh, police, the individual was wearing what was obviously a wig, scarf, sunglasses, and spoke in an odd, high-pitched accent. That was either British or uh, Australian. (laughs) Okay. The unwanted passenger, who was well-known to police, refused to cooperate with police and fled on foot, only leaving his wig and mask on a trail. Victoria Buzz uh, reached out to BC Ferries to find out why the passenger was banned. The bizarre incident comes nearly a month after BC Ferries' vessel departing out of some place. I don't I can't. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. To make an unexpected U-turn after crews realized... They forgot nearly two dozen foot passengers at the terminal. Really? Yeah. 
the vessel had been given clearance and was just in the departure process when they realized uh, the error, which is being blamed on crew shortages. It doesn't say why this guy was banned to begin with, but but he was trying to get back on the boat. Well, is this one of those situations where the only way to get to where you need to go is to take the ferry to get there? I believe that's kind of the case. Yeah, so you, you don't you don't ever want to behave in such a way you get kicked off the only form of transportation to get off the island. All I'm picturing is like Eric Idle dressed in uh, drag. Hey, <laughs> I'm just riding the ferry. What's on the telly? Looks like a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like like Homer Simpson when he when he just put his finger underneath his uh, his <laughs> his nose. Hello, <laughs> aren't you the same person? No, no. I'm a different man. <laughs> oh, good for him. He uh, he didn't he did get caught though. So, he did. Yeah. Well, you know, probably not that good of a uh, disguise then. No, you think you'd be a little maybe. I'm guessing he was probably too obvious about it. You know what I mean? Like, you can dress yourself up in a disguise and people wouldn't recognize you. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. That's the way to do it. You, you get on the on the ferry, you shut up and don't say a damn thing, and you just you know, mind your own business. No one's going to know you. Listen, man, you know, I've been, I've been driving around this area for quite some time, you know, last 25, 30 years, right? Right. And uh, I'm thinking I'm going to dress up in a disguise and be one of those traffic island money collectors <laughs> sure i bet you that's a pretty lucrative business if you do it right yeah but i mean you don't want to draw attention to yourself so people know that it's you well you wouldn't know it was me i'd put on a disguise all right i'd probably shave just to throw everybody off right and then i'd uh you know i'd put dirt on my face to make it look like i've been sleeping outside a lot what about a wig would you wear a wig i could wear a wig or a hat maybe like a a distinctive hat, sure, and um, and just and some fun. raggy clothes. Got to yeah. wear some raggy clothes too. And just say, hey, uh, hey, man, uh, I, uh, I got kids to feed in a car over there. How territorial money. does it become? Because I mean, I'm seeing like uh, you have panhandlers all over the place. Yeah, like uh, you know, they're all trying to get the you know they're all they're all got their medians, uh, and they're like like three or four in an intersection, and they all yeah. got certain spots. I'm wondering if they're all in cahoots. Like, if they're all working together for some sort of uh, pyramid scam well, yeah, or something. Listen, I like the ones that uh, to come up with, you know, entrepreneurship. There was that guy down in, on Columbus Avenue across from the Pride Station there. During the hot summer, he was selling bottles of water for a buck a piece. Okay. At least you're getting something out of that. You're getting, the, you know, okay, granted, the water may be stolen, but whatever, you know. <laughs> But you give the guy a dollar, he uh, there's no overhead. He profits <laughs> right. the dollar, and he's got. But he's got a cooler full of water there, and he's a, he's giving he's giving people the water well, for see a that, that That's you're a right. Service that is a service. He's doing he's doing the right yeah. thing for people on a hot day, or people who are appreciative of it. I've given uh, I've given a couple bucks to some of those people down there, and uh, they say God bless you, have a great day. Yeah. I like that. That's- Not the give me the money. That's yeah, all it, you got. I know, but it, uh, but a blessing. That's kind of nice. Yeah, God bless. Hey, you know what? God bless you, too. Yeah, well, what apostle did you turn out to be? <laughs> what apostle? <laughs> um, I can't think of the bad one. Uh, the bad Judas was Judas, the, Judas, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah Judas. He, was, he wasn't doing so hot. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think if you come up with a little bit more creativity and me dress up 
I'll show you how to do it. I'm going to run that class for the criminals to mm-hmm. tell you how to get your car in good shape so you don't get pulled over during drug trafficking. And I'm also going to uh, give you some tips on how to increase your take at the traffic island. There you go. Yeah. Also, you should learn how to uh, you know, make change, too. It's so lo- I give you a 20, I, and, and really my intention is to give you a 10. Yeah. I'm going to want 10 back. It's location, location, location. Boy, ain't that the truth. It's 658 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Live in- And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I don't know if you're aware of this, but many people look at New England sports fans as a group of whiny, over-entitled crybabies. And frankly, that sort of unnecessary harsh criticism wounds me deeply where I feel my deepest feels. The truth is, there are many sports fans from around the country who are equally annoying, if not more so. I could name three or four of them off for you right now, but I prefer to get to my point. Yesterday, Dallas Cowboys offensive tackle Jason Peters was asked to comment on their upcoming game on Sunday against the Eagles in Philadelphia. After all, Jason Peters spent 12 years in Philadelphia and won Super Bowl 52 against the New England Patriots that year. Well, now... Those things have changed, and Jason Peters is a member of the Dallas Cowboys. So, what's his feelings about facing old fans in Philadelphia? According to Jason, quote, The Philly fans are effing idiots, but they know that. They pride themselves on being nasty, vulgar. He then goes on to say, They're going to cuss at you. They're going to throw stuff at you. They are the wildest fans out there. You know, while that may be true, or at least an underplayed statement of fact, Jason is seeing this Sunday's game in Philadelphia as just another game in a very long football career. Folks, while I can appreciate Jason Peters' assessment of the Philadelphia Eagles and their horrible fans, there are a few considerations that I think deserve to be addressed. Jason Peters is now a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Riddle me this. Have you ever spent more than five minutes talking with a fan of the Dallas Cowboys? I have. In almost every case, I find those conversations to be profoundly unpleasant. They may not cuss, they may not throw stuff, but they do follow an unlikable football team which is owned by one of the worst people in the world, and yet they follow that team like a sick and twisted sex cult. Worse yet, they are fiercely proud of their team despite not making the Super Bowl in nearly 28 years, and nobody liked them that much then either. So while Eagles fans may be effing idiots, Dallas, fa- Dallas fans are not too far behind. And to think otherwise is a sign of delusionary thinking because they're both idiots. But hey, in a my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Replace the blades in your circular saw. Five bucks. Get a new set of paddle blades. Five bucks. It's a five buck bits and blades sale going on at Rocky's. DeWalt, Irwin drill bit sets and saw blade sets. Check your toolbox, see what you're missing, and then hit up the five-buck bits and blades sale going on right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Bax, that's my view. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 712 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a wet one today, rainy with a high of 69, Giggity tomorrow, rainy with a high of 67. It is 58 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, have a ton of money in the bank. My net worth... Uh, is okay, but if uh, God forbid I were sued for nine hundred million dollars, I do not know where I'd come up with that kind of cash. E- well, you could borrow it from some people. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen that way. Alex yeah. Jones has been uh, 
has been uh, told he needs to come up with $965 million to pay to, uh, to the families of uh, these, uh, the, these, Sandy Hook, uh, these Sandy Hook families. $965 million. That was the judgment yesterday. Now, of course, there's going to be an appeals process, and he's not going to have to pay that much, but he's still going to have to pay a significant amount, I'm sure. But uh, good. I'm glad this, you know, is finally coming to a head, and it's finally, you know, that he's being called out for the BS artist that he is. And to, to continue to echo that statement that this thing was all fake, and made up and you know you can turn a conspiracy theory into anything if you really wanted to sure but the idea that you've lost a child in one of the most horrific ways anyone could lose a child it's it's horrible enough to just lose a child to a a, a happenstance accident uh, type of deal but to to lose a child in in this fashion I can't even imagine what these people are going through. Well, and and to have people you don't even know call you up and call you a liar and a fake and you're an actor, it's like, and for this guy to fuel that, continuously fuel that. It's hard to imagine that if I'm listening to a radio show, and I've and I've heard Alex Jones, and uh, you know I've seen him in person. And I gotta tell you, uh, it's hard for me to imagine that anyone takes this buffoon seriously because the whole show, the whole persona is nothing but but trash. Now he's gonna, he has been, and will continue while he appeals this. Uh, he will continue to claim that his First Amendment rights of free speech mm-hmm. are being uh, somehow infringed upon because of these of these legal cases what he's failing to acknowledge is is that while he is protected and this is a free speech uh question what he's failing to acknowledge is not all speech is protected under the constitution there is there are certain parts of of uh of the constitution which apply and certain parts which do not. Listen, he has a right to go out and 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 feel, and have that opinion of I think this whole thing was made up. He has a right to say that. He has it, whether it be true or not, he has a right to say that kind of thing. It's when you keep repeating that over and over and over again in which people then are being hurt by what you have said. That's where it becomes not free speech anymore. Yes and no. So here's here's the thing. Uh, the Supreme Court, excuse me, in 2007, defined what was considered unprotected speech. So these are the kinds of things that if you said, uh, you know, would not be protected by your by, by the Constitution. And among those would be defamatory speech. So if he says something that he knows is true or can't back up, and it damages someone rep- someone's reputation. In this case, the families mm-hmm. who he claims are actors, uh, you know, try and and you know, you know, anti-gun advocates. This is this is the claim. He's defaming these people. Also, threatening speech that violates criminal laws, fighting words, and obscenity, uh, which is uh, patently offensive, violates community standards, and has no literary, artistic, political, or scientific uh, merit. Now, some of that. 
are all open to interpretation intentionally because that's what the law does, especially in the Supreme Court. But defamatory speech, if I accuse you of being something that is not true and I continue to do it and then to emphasize over and over again, that is not protected speech. Right. He doesn't really have, now again, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but as far as I'm concerned, that's not really an argument here because what he has done is he has taken these families and intentionally tried to, to destroy their reputation and not only that, take an opportunistic approach of of their suffering and and their loss for his own benefit. So to me, his appeal, if he's going to go on a constitutional uh, you know, level, he ain't got a chance in hell of, uh, of getting out of this. They may reduce the damages, but I don't think they're going to reduce it by much. No. The sad part is I don't think he's got $965 million to spare uh, so that these families get what they deserve. But I also don't think that many of the families – really care about the actual money versus getting back at this guy right. for all of the things that he has, all the problems that he has caused them, uh, you know, grieve while you're grieving, if people are knocking at your door or people are calling you on the phone telling you you're a liar and they're going to kill you and all this other stuff. It's, it's, it's more about the revenge than it is about the money. Well, I think people, you know, want to... S- I think the money is going to hurt him. That's that's what the ultimate goal is to not, you know, to. Well, I think what what cut happens, him off at the knees. What know? I think is what, what what happens here is it's not the families that destroy Alex Jones. It's it's it, nothing they do is going to destroy Alex Jones. What's going to destroy Alex Jones is Alex Jones. He's done enough now <laughs> between you know what uh, the decision in Texas and and now uh, in in Connecticut is he's now invalidated any bit of credibility the guy could ever possibly hope to have, which, frankly, in radio, is kind of important if you're doing a talk show, even if you're doing a talk show about conspiracy theories that are all nothing but, you know, cockamamie garbage, like an Alex Jones, uh, you know, InfoWars, uh, you know, program. I don't think he uh, resumes <laughs> a career that uh, gives him any credibility at all. He may go back on the air somewhere maybe someone hires him maybe he does it on his own and podcasting or, or you know god knows what but i don't think he's got any credibility moving forward and i think he's been severely damaged for the rest of his life having said that that's a small price to pay for the kind of loss these families have had to endure and the kind of abuse they've had to take right. because of this guy's opportunism and and shamelessness in this story but but there's also you know uh, wh- where's the blame on the people that committed those crimes for him, you know that that did the threats. Is there any responsibility on them, or are we saying, oh well, just because this guy brainwashed them, uh, they're off the hook now? No, I totally don't. I don't think that's true at all. I think uh, I, I think if you listen to a guy on the radio, and you decide to threaten somebody, yeah, if you are provoked by someone on the radio. You as an individual, the one that winds up trying to you know, antagonize and yeah. bully somebody, that's on you. No one's forcing you to listen to Alex Jones's show. That's on you. That's your responsibility. I think all those people, if, they're, if, if they can be identified, 
should also be tried. That because I mean, it's one thing to say something on the radio; it's another thing to act in an inappropriate and hostile way against other law-abiding citizens. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, I, I, I don't uh, see it. Uh, the The good news is he's. Uh, it's all crashing down around him. Oh the, yeah, the, the entire Infowars empire and good. Uh, if these people have yeah. suffered enough, they Listen, don't need other people chiming in on uh, calling them liars and things like that. Steve, if you're going to play with fire enough, at some point you're going to get burned. And you know, this guy should have known this. That the deeper he goes down this rabbit hole, at some point it's going to turn on him. The fact that he didn't turn away from it makes you think: yeah. Is this guy stupid? I'm, I'm because on- you know, I mean, his. He could very have, he could have been a very successful you know radio host and you know sold all the products that he sold you know that that made him you know hundreds of millions of dollars without having with, this. without having to right. antagonize people to cause you know psychological harm or threaten physical harm in these people I'm on the infowars website right now uh, and the poll question is uh, do you believe the one dollar, one billion dollar verdict against Alex Jones will set the president to successfully destroy free speech? Forty three percent say yes, forty three percent say no, and eight percent say don't care. <laughs> well, at least he's got people yeah. still voting on his polls. Well, keep in mind, people have to actively go onto his website to post their opinion. Oh, I, I put no. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. that makes sense. It's 722 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Football season is underway, and you can't wait to show your friends and relatives just how much you know about the game. They, in turn... Springfield's Classic Rock at 728, and the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy and a high of 69, giggity, to tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 67. It's 58 right now in downtown Springfield. It is a uh, Thunderbird Thursday. Someone a little bit later on this hour is going to win tickets to Saturday's game. Uh, with the Springfield Thunderbirds, also uh, win a bunch of other stuff too, like uh, koozies, hats, uh, an Eastern Conference Championship banner, which I believe they'll be hoisting on Saturday night, along with the uh, the Bridgeport Islanders. So that'll be a big game, and uh, we'll give those tickets away a little bit later on this hour. Oh yeah, oh yes, and also Scott Zolak uh, coming up after eight o'clock. Oh, more uh, more sports talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really good at that. No, you're terrific at it. That's the thing. Anytime you offer an opinion yeah. or some sort of an analysis, it's like, my God, how do you come up with that? Hey, Scott, who do you think is going to win the game this weekend? I think the Patriots are going to win, Steve. All right, we'll be back on Rock 102. We got news next. 732 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Serviu Locksmith. They got a key for that. St. James Avenue in Springfield or serviulocksmith.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. Three police officers in central Connecticut have been shot. Two of them are dead, and one of them is in critical condition. It happened in Bristol around 11 p.m. in the Redstone Hill Road area. People who live in that area reported the sound of multiple gunshots. The identities of the three officers involved have not been released. Connecticut State Police are expected to provide an update on this situation at some point this morning. Uh, Awful situation going on down there. One person was injured in a fast-spreading fire yesterday afternoon at a home on Gerard Drive in Ludlow. Fire Chief Ryan P. said that one resident was home when the fire started. That person called 911 to report the fire and tried to evacuate with their pets. P. said the person received minor injuries in the fire and an unknown amount of dogs and cats are still missing from the home at this time. Fire crews arrived within three minutes of the call and found the home completely on fire 
with wind making the fire spread rapidly. Due to no dedicated water supply in the area, water tanks, water tank trucks from Ludlow, Granby, Palmer, and Westover were called in to help put out that fire. It had been put out uh, eventually, but the crews were expected to stay at the home Wednesday night due to an underground propane tank that was damaged in the fire and began leaking. The propane company is assisting in maintaining the leak. Uh, pretty nasty blaze, though. You see the uh, the picture of it, uh, the whole house. Like, yeah. the, you can't even see, like, you see it's a frame of a house, but you can't see, like, windows or anything because there's so much fire in it. It's crazy. Yeah, my, uh, my hometown didn't have... Uh, fire extinguishers or street lights or a McDonald's you, or sidewalks. You didn't have fire hydrants. Right. So if someone was going to burn, uh, it was an all volunteer, uh, you know, fire, you know, fire department. Yeah. So you had to rely on those guys being available, heading out to wherever you're at in the middle of nowhere and having enough water, uh, to put something out. Usually if something burned in Rehoboth, it went down. It was gone. It was gone. Well, I mean, uh, you get your mutual aid from other departments and stuff like that, but you know, it takes time to get out there, but, and but it te- burns. Technology has, uh, you know, put us to the forefront of uh, how fast you can get to places too now. You know, they, they they've worked on their response times and their ability sure. to to put things out. Um, it's kind of like in my town. I do have a fire hydrant near my house, which is always comforting. But once you get past like the center of town, it's it's gone. Yeah. There's nothing up there. So I always like uh, I always wanted to like live in the mountains, you know, like live on one of those roads so nobody bothers you. Right. But the problem is, uh, you know, the response time for if you had an emergency, <laughs> you're not gonna get you're not gonna get there. Yeah. And if I was just by myself, yeah, I'd be like living out in the woods and fine. You know, something happens, something happens. I mean, but you're only worried about yourself. When you have a family, you kind of don't want to, uh, you know, yeah, live I, without I, any kind of emergency services nearby. I think that would be the reason why we may not ever live in Vermont full time. By the time I'm old enough to retire, I think I want to be relatively close to a hospital and to a fire department. Yeah, just in case. Ain't no one going up to that uh, that mountain trying to, to say, you're having a heart attack and you got only like a, you know seconds to spare or whatever. Yeah. They got to get up that mountain and the nearest hospital is North Adams. So, That's yeah. That's a long way away. Kind of a long way away. Yeah. Well, uh, luckily the person is okay. Unfortunate. It's unfortunate about the pets. Yeah. You know, when you say you're missing. It, yeah. You know, they, uh, would you, could you see this car? Well, to continue paraphrasing Dr. Seuss's insistent Sam I am, come then, come then, here you are. This is how the Republican writes their stories. <laughs> the, uh, the Grinch, a 1984 Cadillac owned by Springfield native Theodore Seuss Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss, is in Geisel's hometown, but it's not something you'll see on Mulberry Street. That's where young Marco sees a horse pulling a wagon. No, it's a, it's not... It is a zebra with a chariot, or is it a reindeer or an elephant? This is so stupid that they wrote this. What's the story then? Okay, so it's in Springfield. Yeah. Uh, the caddy sporting custom Grinch vanity plates issued by the state of California will be on display at the Lyman and Mary Wood Museum of Springfield History during the museum's Seussiversary. The museum's announced on Wednesday. The car will be on display starting October 25th as part of the Grinchmas celebration uh, through the new year. 
See, they're starting Halloween. They're starting Christmas before Halloween even happens. Now, is it uh, is it a special Cadillac or is it just a, just another Cadillac? Uh, I think it's a, it's just his Cadillac. Ever driven in a Cadillac? No, I haven't driven in a Cadillac. Of course, I've driven in a Cadillac. Of course, I've driven hundreds of times, hundreds of times, thousands, thousands of, of times. times. I forgot. It thinks a behemoth. We, 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 we haven't done these in so long <laughs> that I forget. Them. Yeah, I know. We're a little rusty. I'm trying to, I'm tr- rusty. I'm trying to uh, catch up on the episodes to go back and refresh my memory. Ah, Steve, you've been working with us for 18 years. Right. Some of these things should be indelibly stamped in your head. But I had a brain cloud for seven months. So, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 you know. yeah. Anyway, the Seussiversary is a year-long special celebration of the 20th anniversary of the Dr. Seuss National Memorial Sculpture Garden at the Quadrangle, the fifth anniversary of the Amazing World of Dr. Seuss Museum that opened in 2017, and the anniversary of the opening of Ted's House and Innovation Center, which debuted this year for virtual visits only. All right. We're milking the living bejesus out of this thing. It's like, uh, how much time did he really spend in this area? Uh, well, I'm mean, enough to know that uh, he could write a whole book about Mulberry Street. Well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, he would, if you were alive today, it wouldn't be the same book about Mulberry Street. No, it definitely many wouldn't. different things to write about that place now. Yeah. Oh, uh, Hannah the Hooker is down on the. <laughs> would you? Could you in my car? Would you? Could you in the bar? <laughs> we could make a whole thing about that. One shot, two shot, three, three shot, shot, four. four. Uh, yeah, so it's it's Dr. Seuss. This suspect wears a yellow hat. This suspect is rather fat. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> you could write these books uh, by the back of your hand. Or you know these books like the back of your hand. I do. Um, we just, we, I think we put too much into this, man. Well, listen, uh, you know, we like to... We'd like to hold on to our uh, our our famous residents, even if they've only been there for a couple of years. I guess so. A former game room could be uh, come a teen center. A room with computers on each desk could be a classroom for teaching assistants seeking certifications, and hotel rooms could be a job training spot for disabled adults. This is uh, the school committee in Chicopee uh, hosted two hours of the Mass Mutual Learning and Conference Center, which is considering purchasing to solve a long-standing problem of where to house the school administration offices. They want to buy the Mass Mutual Center conference room. Okay. Yeah, the center located uh oh wait a minute. Memorial Drive. That would be in Chicopee. There's a Mass Mutual Learning and Conference Center and Memorial Drive in Chicopee. There could be. I guess so. The uh, center located at 350 Memorial Drive is for sale for 8.3 million dollars. And the price includes all the furnishing, audiovisual equipment, kitchen utensils, and even a spare generator. Ooh, nice! That's a steal for eight point nine million dollars. I, I yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. But yeah, you know, Mass Mutual's got you know, you know, buildings all over the place. Yeah, I forgot, and they got that hotel down in Enfield. Do they still own that one, or is that? Gone? Uh, I don't know if they still own it. I don't think they do. At nearly 79,000 square feet with 28 conference and training rooms, 20 hotel rooms, and located on more than 12 acres, the building is twice as large as what is needed for the school department. But committee members and interim superintendent Alvin Morton, Morton, Alvin, and assistant uh, superintendent Matthew Francis said the space would not go to waste. Uh, while touring the rooms, school officials tossed out different ideas on how the building could be used 
beyond just housing traditional offices such as payroll, special education services, and human resources. The hotel lobby could become a parent and community center. Interesting. Uh, there would be space for vision, hearing, and dental services for students. That actually said, see, that's the thing. As long as you're utilizing the property, you know, you got to buy 70, 79,000 square feet of space right. and only use a quarter of it. At least if you're using those things to provide those services, that actually is not a bad uh, bad idea. Speaking of uh, hotel lobbies, did you see any of the pictures of the refurbished Marriott downtown? No. Where Apparently they've been uh, they've been uh, putting a good deal of cash into that building to make that Marriott look like a, like a really nice hotel because for many many years that particular Marriott is, was seen as not perhaps as good as a lot of other Marriott properties but they I, they showed some pictures I think it was on uh, Mass Live yesterday yeah looks freaking beautiful uh, like like really really impressive I'm trying to fi- I, I found the article. I'm just trying to see if there's any pictures here. Like the oh. whole lobby has been redesigned. Oh, wow. Look at that. You know, like chandeliers and everything's all shiny and beautiful. I went to a, a wedding there about five or six years ago. Yeah. It was a it was a nice venue. I didn't think it was a... It might be a, might have been a little outdated. That was that was the, the, uh, the complaint. It was a very outdated facility back then. But now... Uh, now they've really invested into that building, and and it's a it's a beautiful hotel again. Ooh, they get looked a lot with the fireplace in the middle. Did you see that one? I did see that. That's one. pretty damn cool. That's right. Uh huh. Wow. Springfield's really uh, pumping things up here. You're damn right they are. They don't screw around. Springfield is like uh, it's like the place to be. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of 69. Giggity tomorrow, rainy with a high of 67. It is 60 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hello, this is Kyle from Bob Peon Buick, GMC in Chicopee, where you'll love the car you're in, and you'll definitely love the deal you get. For great deals and the absolute best service around, log on now at peonauto.com. Discover sheer terror. At the Haunted Hayride and Massacre Manor Haunted House at McCray's Farms Monster Mash Scream Park. <laughs> this year, three attractions for the same low price and open every Friday through Sunday in October. Free on-site parking. 55 Elmwood Street, South Hadley. Check it out at fearonthefarm.com. <laughs> Powered by Wicked Power Sports. When it comes to great food and a welcoming atmosphere with a staff that treats you like family, the Shortstop Bar and Grill in Westfield is the place to be. From fresh burgers and steaks to grilled salmon, flatbread, salads, and incredible desserts, all our food at the Shortstop is made daily. Chef Monica has created a menu with amazing food for everyone in the family. With 29 beers on tap, daily and monthly drink specials, along with a huge selection of appetizers and 30 TVs, the Shortstop in Westfield is the perfect place to watch the game and hang out with friends. Relax on our huge heated outdoor patio with fire tables and live music creating the perfect atmosphere. Or bring the gang to our entertainment zone with state-of-the-art golf simulators and batting cages. The Shortstop is number one for food and fun. The Shortstop Banquet Room is available for your special event, birthday party, your team celebration too. The Shortstop Bar and Grill, 99 Springfield Street, Route 20 in Westfield. And online at shortstopbarandgrill.com. It's a restaurant destination that will feel like home. 
From the grocery store to the pump, the cost of everything is at an all-time high. Across Massachusetts, energy costs will climb well into the winter. That's why the sponsors of MassSave have solutions to lessen the financial impact. Get ahead of increased energy costs with rebates, incentives, energy-saving tips, and enhanced program access at MassSave.com slash energy costs. The time to act is now. We are MassSave. Berkshire Gas, Cape Light Compact, Eversource, Liberty, National Grid, and Unitil. Vaccinago on Rock 'Cause mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around. Cause mama, I'm sure all the hand and hand is around. Calls a mama, I'm sure all the hand and hand gets around. Mama, I'm sure all the hand and hand gets around. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 749, and the Black Crows with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy with a high of 69, Gady. It's going to be rainy tomorrow with a high of 67. 60 right now in downtown Springfield. Got Scott Zolak coming up next hour. That'll be a lot of laughs. But before that, we have this.
Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Nice short and sweet intro. Yeah, you did a good job there. Grooving. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's start with a real dumbass here. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, clip number one. Uh, a Florida grandfather, David Towner, is being charged after allegedly leaving his granddaughter behind in a hot rental car. Luckily, employees were able to find the child, and she's okay. Here's the frantic 911 call from the mother of the child when she learned her daughter had been left in a rental car. You had my daughter at the house? Yeah, you left my daughter in the rental car. I'm going to be them at the airport. I'm going as fast as I can. You know, uh, what's that call like to the uh, the Hertz place? <laughs> uh, I think I uh, left my wallet and a toddler. Have you seen that at all? I mean, I had that wallet on yeah. me just like a minute ago. I mean, it was it was like it was like right in my pocket. Yeah, no explanation from the grandpa of why uh, he did this. Sixty-two-year-old. Uh, uh, the child was scared and hot, but thankfully in good health when they were checked out by paramedics. The temperature and the un- Canva. We unch- oh, 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 hey now, hey, hey now. Yeah. Wouldn't it be uh, wouldn't it be uh, crazy you found out that what the real problem was wasn't so much they left the kid uh, in the car. Yeah. But they didn't fill up the rental car with gasoline before he dropped it off. Oh, because you know that's where they really stick you. Yeah. Oh, you can leave the kid in the car. Yeah, that's it's when, fine. It's when you don't return the tank to three quarters full like it was when you left. Right. I mean, the kid will get returned to you at some point, but they will charge you up the wazoo for all that costly gasoline. You know what? I always prepay for the tank. Smart. Because it's it's the easiest thing to do, and it actually is a lot cheaper than buying a full tank of gas. Because you're going to be driving it all week. You might as well return it empty. See? Now we're talking uh, common sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe you didn't drive it that much, and uh, you're not going to spend all that money. But, ah, come on. It's the convenience of it all. They're so making tr- money off of so it. So true. A teenager, is clip number two, a teenager out of Texas went viral after he accidentally swallowed a squeaky dog toy and began squeaking uncontrollably. Here's a... Jonathan Serrano, uh, mom, telling the insane story that made her son go viral. He's sitting there annoying me with this dog toy. I get a two-liter bottle, and I'm like, Jonathan, I'm going to hit you if you don't stop. And when I go to grab it, it's empty. And he ducks, and he swallows it. He was like king of the hospital. All the doctors and nurses would go in there and be like, hey, can you make the noise for us? (laughs) As if that kid wasn't annoying already. Yeah, that mom is annoying. Yeah, I know. Yeah, his, his mom. I, if I had to deal with a mom like that, I'd annoy the crap out of her, too. Plus, you were threatening your kid with a water bottle. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I was going to hit my kid, but then he wouldn't, because he wouldn't stop squeaking. And now he's squeaking all day long. He's a hit at the hospital. <laughs> uh, clip number three, a uh, YouTuber named Gus Johnson does videos reading and commenting on one-star reviews for small-town businesses. Here he is with a few for uh, something as common as a liquor store. Liquor store, one star. Orange juice I bought expired the month before and came out of the container brown color. James, you might have bought some whiskey. I don't know, dog. Chris over here is not having it. He gives one star and says, hey, liquor's bad, y'all. Chandler leaves a one-star review and said, just had a bottle fall through the bag the clerk put it in before I even made it out the door. The owner's response, should have held it from the bottom. I used to go here multiple times a week. I don't know, Chandler, sounds like you dropped some and it's your fault and also you used to go there multiple times a week. Hey, here's a good review. Uh, David says four stars, drunk. <laughs> yeah, see, well, the one guy who left a four-star review was drunk. 
uh, we were talking about this yesterday with the uh, the Yelp reviews. Yeah. You know, who is who is taking that much time to go write a one-star review for a liquor store when liquor stores are plentiful? There's other liquor stores you can go to. You got to have a, a really bad experience to take the time out of your very busy schedule and peel yourself away to make a one-star review for anybody. I don't think I've ever uh, I've had preferred liquor stores. Mm-hmm. Like I know this place always has what I want, so I'm going to go there. But I've never been like uh oh my god, I need to go home and write a review about how awful this place was. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Like I've been going here for months. I've never had an experience up until this last one. I like uh, I like when you go out and you see when you see nip bottles outside on the sidewalk of a liquor store. That's a good liquor store. That's a real good. They one. have really good high test stuff in there. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's now here. This uh, we do have a we yeah. do have a little contest. Here. It is a uh, Thunderbird Thursday, as you know. the uh, The Thunderbirds are opening up their season this Saturday against Bridgeport. And we have uh, not only tickets to the game, four tickets to Saturday's game, the uh, the opening night game, but four koozies, four hats, and an Eastern Conference championship banner. All of that can be yours. Tenth caller, 293-1021. Good luck to you. That's it's right. 755 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I don't know if you are aware of this, but Patriots owner Robert Kraft does pretty well for a living. According to the internet, the most reliable source of personal intrusion, Mr. Kraft is currently worth $7 billion. Not long ago, he was only worth $5 billion. With the supply chain issues having a negative effect on the cost of inflation and the cost of living, I'd say there's a pretty good chance that Mr. Kraft is finding a way to make ends meet. But the truth is, you can't keep all of it for yourself. Sometimes you have to resort to acting like a compassionate human being and donate some of that money for the greater good. For example, this week Mr. Kraft donated a reported $50 million to Mass General Hospital for them to do things to other people. Specifically, the money is meant to be used to eliminate health care disparities caused by things like race, ethnicity, geography, and economic status. All of those things are very noble and important in making sure that everybody has access to some of the best health care in the world. And at $50 million, it is the largest charitable gift ever received by Mass General, which is very generous indeed. But then I did the math. And while math isn't always my best subject, a $50 million gift leaves Robert Kraft with $6,950,000,000 left. Now, I don't mean to sound like I'm entitled to anyone's vast fortune, but I do have certain financial considerations that I could easily see being eliminated by the generosity of a multi-billionaire. I'm not saying I need $50 million. That would seem greedy. But I could certainly rectify a lot of problems with a quick million-dollar donation. That would still leave him with $6,949,000,000. And I think I would be more than reasonable asking for just a million. Sure, I'm not out there saving lives or curing diseases, but I do my share of decent things from time to time. For example, I'm a good tipper. I also give to charities like rounding up at the cash register so I don't have to walk around with loose change. I ask you, would a million dollars really hurt Robert Kraft? No, it would not. So if you don't mind, let me step away for a few moments and wait for the phone to ring because I'm pretty sure he's just about to call. 
But hey, end of a my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. There's a reason why October is Fire Safety Month. Furnaces, heaters, wood stoves are all getting fired up right about now. Go to Rocky's for smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, and fire extinguishers. Get instant savings with your Ace Rewards card because fires happen. Protect yourself and your family by going to your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809 and Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> Steve, yeah. uh, why don't you call him and uh, let's see if we can get him uh, on the phone because that would be uh, very helpful. Okay. All right. Let's okay. see because we were t- these uh, conversations were kind of getting in our way. All right. All right. Hang on one second. Hang All right. Second. Let me know. Let me know when he's ready. Okay, not yet. All right, okay, all right, okay. He's not answering the phone. <laughs> oh this is partly our fault. Yeah, it was way. totally our fault, because you and I were getting involved in a heavy conversation. We meant to call Scott Zolak, and uh, and then there's that. Hey, uh, you're live on the air. Hey, you're live on the air. Hang on one second. Hello, uh, Scott Zolak. How are you? Oh, oh you hung up on him. What did you do? Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Ready? All right, just hit redial. All right, okay. All right, all right, then, okay. Okay, and uh, yes. Okay, let's see if we can get him here. Scott? Oh, that's a ring. Okay, all right. That's a ring. Hey. Hey, how are you? Scott Zola. Hey, you're all live on the air, Scott. There you go, Scott. How you doing? Do you guys need a new phone system out there? <laughs> yeah, we actually do. Uh, there's been something wrong with this one. We need to reboot it every time. We can't put anybody on hold for some reason. Yeah, it's it's like a, right. two cans and a string would actually work a little bit better than what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Uh, be, be, be glad you got it. There's a lot of cutbacks going on right now. Oh, ain't that the truth. All right, Scott. No, anyway, holds, no well, holds barred. I got a question for well, you. Well, first of all, let me oh, just wait. say, Scott sure. Zolak brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor oh. of the National Football League. All okay, right, all ahead, right now, now I'm ready. What's going on in the red zone? Pats are number 11 offense outside the red zone and number 31 in the red zone. Well, I, I think I've talked to you guys about this before. A lot of things shrink down there, so everything gets sped up. Even you know, going back to that interception Mac Jones threw on the, on the Devontae Parker fade route, you've got to make a quick decision. So it's really, it's really a catch-and-throw scenario when you're down in there and say you're in the shotgun. And you got to have guys that can separate. I think the problem right now for the Patriots is they really don't have guys that can separate. So it's they're going to have to get their bread and butter off play action, you know, sort of the old way we used to do things here, where it be play fake, stick it to Gronkowski on a post, maybe have Edelman do a little return route, you know, Amendola on a shake route, and it's sort of like setting up pick plays to get guys open. I think the design right now needs to needs to increase, especially when you get down there. But they're going to run the ball. They're going to run it now. Um, you know, especially with the situation I got going on at quarterback and right. the effectiveness of the run game. All right, my follow-up question is, what's the red zone? <laughs> That's a great question. You know that? Like, we always used to call it, like, red area, now the red zone. I always yeah. thought it was I always thought it was 20 and in, like, once you get inside the 20. Yeah. Now it's, yeah. like, inside the 30. And they got channels for it you can watch. Now, oh. my kid sits there and watches red zone TV and doesn't even watch a game. Oh, it's okay. a portion of the field. Okay, <laughs> See, all right. Now yeah. I'm learning. You're learning, learning something every new day. every week. So Scott, let me ask you this: you know, well, it's really like the more you play the game, the redder your your between the legs area gets because your legs rub together. Oh, oh but I you know, but there are things you can do for that, Scott. There really are. 
Um, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So uh, you beat the uh, the Lions 29 to nothing. Yeah. The fact of the matter is the Lions are a god-awful football team. And I'm sure it's more than just Matt Patricia giving, them, giving the, the, the Patriots all their secrets. Yeah. But, I mean, do you really – what do you take away from that? Do you feel like – your team's plan, you know, great, or do you just kind of dismiss it and say, okay, but it's against the Lions? No, but I mean, like, I go back, I, and we get these calls. We've gotten these calls since Monday on this game like this. Like, well, it's, it's against the Lions. What are you supposed to prove? Like, go back a week ago. You're all crapping your pants because you get a team coming in here scoring 36 points a game, and all we're going to slow them down. I, I, I told you guys when I talked to you last week, I, got, I, got no, I had no problem picking the Patriots in this game. I thought they were going to kill them. Um, it is the Lions. Uh, you won with a third-team quarterback. Right. Uh, he played mistake-free football. Your defense is coming on. Uh, you just That's a good shout-out for them. Defense gets no credit for this one. Everybody's talking about Bailey Zappi, and that's understood. Everybody loves a quarterback. But they play great complimentary football. Strip sack, uh, touchdown off it with, with Duggar. Um, they're just doing things the right way. That's the way you're supposed to beat bad teams. Yeah. Like, regardless of... You know, how many struggles we had in the past. You still always beat the Bears. You beat the Browns. You beat you beat teams they're supposed to beat. That's a sign of a good team. That means they're trending in the right direction. And we've talked about this before. You know, this is the, the, the part of the schedule for the Patriots where, you know, they can do a lot of good damage here. You know, Lions, Browns, Bears, uh, Jets within, like, twice within three weeks yep. of each other. There's a, a, a real good opportunity for the, the Patriots to really change the way that division stacks up. I don't. I'm not particularly worried about the Browns, but I mean, there's not a whole lot separating them with the odds at this point. But you know, the Browns should be a beatable team. They should, and I should be talking to you in four weeks when this team's six and three. I'm just telling you, we're going to be six and three in four weeks. I think you're right. Um, you're going to take care of business because you got the Browns, and we're home Monday night with the Bears. Who do we have after that? It's like Jets, Colts, bye, back to the Jets. Yeah, and if you can't, if you can't make up ground and put yourself. At least in the position to be in this thing. You look at the league; everybody's two and three or three and two. Everybody other than KC and Baltimore, Casey and Buffalo. I mean, right? KC and Buffalo are head and shoulders above everybody. It's wide ass open for everybody else. When you've got a, a situation like you have with Patriots, the, the Patriots right now, and you know Bailey Zappi is playing, I think beyond what people thought he was going to play. <laughs> he was a third string quarterback, and you got Mac Jones, you know, trying to heal with this high ankle sprain. You know, there are some people that were asking Belichick earlier in the week, you know, is, is, is there a controversy starting to brew between these two quarterbacks? And he wouldn't commit to any answer at this point. It's probably too soon. But if you've got a guy who in the next couple of weeks, while Mac Jones recuperates, play better and better, what do you do in that situation? I mean, it, you know, Mac is a serviceable quarterback. He hasn't lit things on fire yet in his, in his career. What kind of decision do you make between these two guys if Bailey Zappi continues to win? I, I I think it's got to be multiple games. I really do. Like if he wins this week, it's back to Mac next week when Mac's ready. I think Bailey's going to play this week and Mac's going to rest it one more week. I watched him yesterday on tape. He looks a lot better, but I still don't see him getting through all the weight on that left foot, sort of like that Frankenstein left foot, um, all taped up. So I think you buy him another week. Now, if Zappi does this another five weeks, Bill's got a tough decision to make. But you got the right guy making the right. You got the right guy to make the decision. Bill's got the balls to do what's right for the team, um, and you probably stick with the hot hand, whoever that guy is. This is Scott Zolak on the phone. This you know, there's been a lot of talk this week about 
the roughing the passer calls that uh, that you've seen as a as a former quarterback yourself. I I I know you know the rules here. I'm sure you've been roughed up a couple of times during your career. Oh yeah. But these calls to to me seem like such garbage. I mean, and and I and I know the everybody in the NFL is looking at this, going, you know, what are they doing? I mean, the the rules say one thing, but they're normally called uh, another way. What's what's your your take on this roughing the passer stuff? Uh, pretty much what Aikman said the other night. Stand by with Troy, and not the hey, take off the, the dress comment. Um, it's like it's ridiculous. The, the, the NFL needs to address this. There's a problem in the league now. Um, Chris Jones made, I thought, one of the defensive plays of the year to strip the ball, then retain the ball. That made Derek Carr not even a passer anymore. So when you went, when his arm wasn't even going forward, he hit him from behind, grabbed the ball with the right hand. Now all of a sudden, Jones is the runner. Carr's the defender. He fell on top of the defender, and he actually braced it with his left hand. These plays have to go to review. They've got. We can review a catch. We can review as a guy in bounds. We can review is that a fumble? Why can't we review if that was roughing? I mean, on 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 punt plays, if you run into the punter, you could either say it's 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 incidental, um, it's a five yarder, or it's really roughing. They tried to hurt the guy. It goes from five to fifteen. Why can't we do that with quarterback hits? Well, I mean, it almost—it's ridiculous. It, it almost seems like you're at the point where you say, "Hey, tell you what? How about we not even touch the quarterback, but you know, we play flag football instead?" It, you know, you, to me, to call these these defensive plays as, as a as a penalty with a roughing the passer doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, you're basically stripping defensive players of an opportunity right. to do what has normally been. Their job. I mean, there's only so much protection right. you can give a quarterback. If a if a lineman breaks through the offensive line, his job is to take that quarterback down. Right, and and if and if that Jones hit his roughing, then Judon's hit his roughing. You know, the, the, on the strip sack and the score, like, that that should be roughing then too. He hit golf the same way that he hit Carr. When uh, when they go, they fix it. Obviously, you know some of this is coming from the the, uh, the concussion injuries that you've seen, you know, with with Tua and and, and you know, I don't think it is. Well, but the, the way they but the I, way they're calling the protection of the quarterback, you know, the referees are calling this. You you wonder whether yeah. there's a connection. Like they wouldn't have called this two weeks ago, but they will call it now. And you just wonder, you, you, did something change in their mindset of like, well, how do we protect the quarterback? I know. Let's try this. That doesn't seem right to me. No, I do. What I do think that does happen is the, the game's so fast and violent that when you see it in real time, like if you're standing right next to him, that quarterback looks like he gets whipped around and thrown to the ground. Like you're like, okay, that's roughing. And then you go and you slow it down frame by frame. You're like, uh, he really didn't land on his head or shoulder. Like the older guys, Brady and Rodgers and those guys are going to get the calls. Like Brady should have got that call on Sunday because that's what Brady does. He works it. I've seen that for 22 years. Yeah. He did it with Ed Reed and. Terrell Suggs. He actually kicked Ed Reed and one of the penalty for Ed Reed hit him. <laughs> but that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just think it, things happen so fast for these guys that they need help. We're at we're a stage now in life where we use technology for everything. You know, they got a guy, they got an eye in the sky, they got a guy at Command Central. All these refs have headsets on. Stop the game, talk it over, pick up the flag. I thought there was tw- twice, even on a Jerome Boger call on, on Brady. The umpire came in and was like, "Nod." I'm like, "You sure you want to call this?" Because he's looking up at the jumbotron, <laughs> and they stuck with it. See, they also have that ability to huddle, peek at that jumbotron to see the replay. Do we want to pick the flag up or let it stand? They yeah. could do that too. So, uh, if uh, if if it is a reviewable 
if it becomes a reviewable play, and I, you know, there's, you know, who knows whether that'll that'll happen. That wouldn't be something that they could do immediately. Would that be something that would have to be done for next season? I mean, are, are we basically are, are we say, are we stuck with this kind of call for the rest of the season? I would say no, because I think quietly they're going to meet and talk about this. Because go back to the Patriots' loss against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. If you remember that year, the the catch. The, the juggling or possession of the ball was redone and re, re-looked over throughout the course of that season to the point once you got to the Super Bowl, that Eagles player was juggling the ball as he went out of bounds, but that still that he maintained the ball against his chest. They called that a touchdown. It should have been an incomplete pass. Early in the year, that would have been an incomplete pass if the Super Bowl was a touchdown because they changed the rule midseason. So I, right. They're not going to change it midseason, but you could get the directive and notice. I mean, these guys huddle and meet once a week. They they talk to these crews. Hey guys, let's back off on the on the uh, roughing the passer thing a little bit. Remember remember the lowering your head that one year. Mm-hmm. You can't lower your head because that initiates contact. Right outside, you can't block by lowering your head. That's targeting. That thing went away. No, yeah. true. They didn't take that rule out. It just went away because you don't call it. Let me ask you this. This is a, kind of getting off the, the topic here a little bit. If you were someone who didn't have an Amazon Prime membership, would a a game between the Chicago Bears and the uh, and Washington be enough for you to sign up for a Prime yeah. membership to watch this no, game no, on no. TV? I would, I, I would not. Oh, I would not sign up. What I would do is get my ass to a bar and go get hammered. Gives you an excuse to go out, <laughs> honey. I gotta go. I gotta go watch the game. So I mean, we don't have Amazon Prime, but I I gotta go down to to, to shake and bake down here to watch a game. You know, whatever, whatever your bar's called. I mean, talk about a crap. Talk about a, a like a crappy Thursday night game. The yeah, you know, Washington at Chicago. My God, what a what a horrible prep matchup that is. Yeah, I I absolutely, I absolutely hate it because. You know what it does? It doesn't give you the ability to flip around. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the app. You got to stay there. And if the game sucks, guess what? You're turning it off. I know they'll never go away from it. I'm not a big fan of the Thursday night games anyway. I mean, to me, it's just it's it it, it, it disrupts the it disrupts the schedule. It's one more yeah. uh, you know opportunity for people to get you know hurt. I don't know. I mean, how, what's your feeling on the Thursday night games? To me, it's unnecessary. I hate them. I hate them. I think it dilutes the product. I don't. I don't think the players obviously don't like it. I think from a protection standpoint, they don't like it. Bring up the Tua thing. Tua had the thing four days before uh, in the Buffalo game where he got dinged. Next thing you know, he's trying to recover from a concussion from that day, and he's getting hit again on Thursday night. And that's why. He, that's why he froze up. Um, yeah, that's not good. No, nope, I agree. Good for the league. Got to keep him out of the red zone. That's what you. What Steve just said there. <laughs> good. Good point. <laughs> you should. You, there, hey, there's a secret zone called the blue zone. I'll tell you what that is next week. Ooh, Sounds good. Okay. Scott Zolak brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. We'll talk to you next week, Scott. Thank you. See you, guys. You Thanks. bet. Go pack. It's 824 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. 834 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Two officers were killed and one was seriously injured in a shooting that happened in Bristol overnight, according to Connecticut State Police. They confirmed that they responded to the Redstone Hill Road area in Birch Street in Bristol shortly after 11 p.m. for reports of an officer-involved shooting. They asked that thoughts and prayers be with the families, the officer, and everyone impacted. Uh, quote, three officers were shot in Bristol. Uh, Connecticut State Police wrote on social media, we are still working diligently to gather accurate information from our investigators and all that are involved. We will provide a press conference as soon as we can. 
Again, please be patient as the scene is still very active and fluid. The scene was a residential area about a half a mile from ESPN. There's no word on uh, as to which department the officers belonged. The uh, officers were taken to Bristol Health where heavy police presence was seen. An eyewitness said that the frequency of gunfire was frightening. Uh, we just heard uh, gunshots pop, 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 pop up and stop and then maybe 30 seconds, uh, and then another round of those pops, and then it just stopped, and then we just started hearing sirens and everything else. Mm. Uh, Lifestar also confirmed that it responded to that area Wednesday night. Uh, pretty nasty scene, I guess, from yeah, the sounds initial, initial reports. Um, I was looking for this story. Where the hell is the story? Oh, yeah. Investigators have been able to narrow down the type of van they believe was involved in the hit and run of a teen in Hadley. At around 7.30 a.m. on Tuesday, a 13-year-old boy was trying to cross Route 9 in a crosswalk near Hampshire Juvenile Court when he was hit by a white van that was traveling westbound. The teen suffered serious injuries and was taken to Bay State, where he remains hospitalized. Lori Loisel, spokesperson for the Northwestern DA's office, said that based on evidence at the scene and surveillance video, investigators believe the van may be a 2004 Ford Econoline van with possible damage to the passenger side front corner and the front passenger side window area. Uh, District Attorney Stephen Gagne said that their office is actively following leads and that the smallest detail might be all that's needed to help solve this case. And if you have any information, you're asked to call the Hadley Police at 584-0883. You know, they're showing these, like, surveillance cameras. What what I always find kind of interesting when they're doing these investigations is this is what they have so far, but as they go further and further and check other surveillance areas, mm-hmm. they like, can usually piece that together and find at least a license plate number. It's really hard to find a white van uh, because there's there's so many of them. Yeah, but it's a, it's a work truck. You know, a lot of people use them for work vehicles. Right, but there may be a logo on that truck. There may be there there's, may be some other distinguishing mark on it. There's no that's the thing about this all the pictures that they have, they don't there's no logo on it. It's just a plain white van. So that's why they're asking people, "Hey, if you see damage like yeah. on a front quarter panel or uh, on the door, uh that's when you need to when you need to call us." Uh, Springfield city leaders are speaking out after police responded to a double homicide early Wednesday morning in the Indian Orchard neighborhood. Ward 8 City Councilor Zadia Govan said that uh, incidents like this are not uh, not common in Indian Orchard, but she hopes to use the tragedy to bring the community and the city of Springfield together. She said it's an incident uh, that happened. It's not rampant out here in Indian Orchard. I think that our city is relatively safe thanks to the efforts of the administration and our police department, but we could always do better. Springfield police uh, officers responded to the 200 block of Main Street in the Orchard shortly after 4 a.m. One man was pronounced dead on scene and another died at the hospital. This marked the first double homicide in the city since November of 2021, bringing the murder toll to three in the Indian Orchard neighborhood in the past year. Just in that neighborhood? Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, you know, one is too many. Well, I mean, I I don't even know where uh, Springfield stands you know, for the year uh, as a city, but, you know, three in one neighborhood. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, the Agawam police uh, are urging people to lock their vehicles after a recent string of car break-ins. Western Mass News was getting answers from local leaders who shared what they think needs to be done to prevent more car break-ins from happening in Agawam, but also across Western Massachusetts. A viewer who wished to remain anonymous shared a video with Western Mass News 
of a car driving away from their home in Agawam on Tuesday night. They claim that the person in the vehicle stole the $2,000 worth of tools off their truck and a second vehicle was rummaged through. They filed a police report on Wednesday morning, but now they are concerned that this will continue to happen around town. This is a story we talked about the other day. Yeah, there was something, uh, the buses, uh, one of the bus companies, only pertaining, I saw this on Facebook, guys, they're only pertaining to the mini buses in town due to some sort of theft. I'm guessing it's probably the catalytic converters right. uh, off the buses. And uh, it's a problem. It's it's a growing problem over in Agawam. I don't know what Agawam has that other areas don't <laughs> that is attracting uh, criminals. Well, there's a lot area. of people in Agawam that have an awesome set of tools still in their truck. Yeah, and yeah, listen, you're a you're a guy working every single day. You're not going to take all your tools out of your truck and then put them back in when you're leaving for work. It's it's a uh, come on. No, it's kind of a it's a pain in the ass to do all that. And you know, um, with your Rockies Ace Rewards card, you could buy your own tools uh, at a very reasonable price, and get good people rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware, including the in one fact, right there in Agawam, including the one uh, there in Agawam, which has been a, a remodeled store, brand new, huge tool department, and a bunch of other stuff. Quite a big uh, Carhartt, uh, you know, section too. Look at you uh, selling the sizzle. For Rockies. Well, I'm, I'm not only selling the sizzle. I'm selling the new, the uh, the updated uh, uh, Agawam store, which is beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, but you are uh, taking an opportunity. Well, I'll be out there, and uh, I don't know if it's next weekend or the weekend after. I'll be out there with Rocco Falcone. I'll really? be out there with. Yeah, I'm sure the mayor of Agawam will will uh, will pop in. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of reasons for everybody to want to go out there. You know, you're standing next to a guy named Rocco Falcone. Uh, that's the last person you're going to try to rob. Let me tell you something. Rocco is salt of the earth. I'm sure Wonderful he is. Guy. I'm just saying, with a name like that, it sounds very uh, like you don't want to mess with that guy. Mm-hmm. Very, mm-hmm. very, very fine gentleman, but you don't want to get on the bad side. You know, Every side of Rocco Falcone is a good side. That's right. Yeah, by the way, not this Saturday. Next Saturday is when I'm going to be out there. Oh, look at you. For their grand opening. Being out and about in the community. That's what I do, Steve. You know, I'm all about the people. Well, <laughs> and all about a, I'm all about uh, Rocky's Ace Hardware hey, and making ne- Rocco happy. Hey, you've never uh, you've never hawked meat out of a back of a truck before. Until you've done that, then you can tell me uh, all the good places to go. Oh, excuse me, I didn't realize it's a comp- competition about who's given more of their time. I'm the meat spokesperson now. I sell meat out of the back of a truck. Perfect. In a parking lot in a mall. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. I don't see anything wrong with that at nope. all. Nope. Jurors uh, ordered conspiracy theorist Alex Jones on Wednesday to pay nearly $1 billion to Sandy Hook uh, Elementary School shooting victims, relatives, uh, and an FBI agent who said he turned their loss and trauma into years of torment by promoting the lie that the rampage was a hoax. The $965 million verdict is the second biggest judgment against uh, the InfoWars host for spreading the myth that the deadliest school shooting in U.S. history never happened and that grieving families seen in news coverage were actors hired as part of a plot to take away people's guns. You know, he was not in court yesterday for this decision. I don't think I could sit in court either and be told I have to give a billion dollars in damages. He was on his radio show. Well, I, yeah, listen. And he, and he said there was a clip from it. It was like... Uh, you just stand there, man, and they tell you uh, how much you owe, and, and you don't have the money. 
And you just sit there talking garbage about things you know nothing about that you know yes. are wrong. I feel so bad for you. I, I feel almost as bad for you as a family who was tormented by listeners of your radio show in which you uh, convinced them that this whole thing was a hoax and mm. they uh, had to suffer threats. No, wait, I'm sorry. I, child. I actually feel worse for the family. Yeah, I actually do. Uh, the verdict came in a defamation in lawsuit. In fact, it's, it's, not even, it's not even comparable. No, I, I'd rather all. lose a billion dollars than to have uh, my family put in a tragic and awful situation and then have some jackass on the radio make my life worse. I don't think I've ever made anybody's life worse doing this job. No. No. Well, the not, people, not people with that what don't like done. listening to me, uh, those people I've I've irritated. You know, I'm sure you have, too. Oh, I know. I'm sure I've, there's a portion of the population that doesn't like either one of us. Oh, I know for a fact I've ruined lives. Right. But uh, we've never spread hate. No. Or, uh, or, I don't know, speculation so much where it would cause somebody damage. Steve, um, I like to consider myself, and maybe this is really going on, an, on a limb here, but I like to consider myself to be an agent of joy and love. Oh, is that so? Yeah, that's the kind of thing I want to spread. Joy and love. Not all at the same time. It's a lot to ask for in one day. But I think that's what I want to be seen as, as someone who made lives better as opposed to a guy who's going to have to write a billion-dollar check. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, I don't I don't want to be seen as that. I don't even want to be a guy who writes a half-billion-dollar check. I want to be the guy uh, that DJs your wedding and then uh, you drop a bag of weed off at his table. That's the kind of guy See? I want to be. And and, and and you know what? Yeah. That has come th uh, true at least thrice times. Yeah. That's you manifesting that happening. Well, yes. I wish somebody would bring me a bag of weed and then voila. Boom. You got get yourself a whole bag of weed. A whole bag of weed. See? That's the kind of influence I do. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, rainy with a high of 69. Giggity tomorrow, rainy with a high of 67. It's 61 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. This is New Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 850 and Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy and 69 today. It is 61 in downtown Springfield. Uh, let me see here, uh, real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, hockey is back in Springfield this Saturday. Hang out with Rock 102 and the road crew as the Springfield Thunderbirds open up their 2022-23 season at the Mass Mutual Center against the Bridgeport Islanders. The road crew is going to be there with the uh, Community Bank's uh, pregame block party, four to six at Court Square. Games, prizes, fun for the whole family, along with live music from the band Fever. It's opening night at the Springfield Thunderbirds this Saturday with Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. That sounds like a damn good time. It's always going to be a good time. There's a very exciting uh, season already brewing with the Thunderbirds. You know, coming off a, you know, a conference championship yeah. and then uh, getting right back into it with virtually the same team, maybe uh, you know, a couple other guys, all real good. It's a very exciting time to be a hockey fan in the city of Springfield. And we already gave the tickets away, so you don't have to call now. Yeah, don't call now because it, it's, it's going to be next Thursday. Uh... Have you ever been duped by anybody? Duped? Yeah. Sure. I think like, we've all been duped from time to time. A Japanese woman was scammed out of thousands of dollars in an international romance scam. Really? Yeah. A 65-year-old woman in uh, Hagashimomi, that place, met a man on Instagram who claimed to be a Russian astronaut working aboard the ISS, a Japanese uh, outlet uh, newspaper reported. 
Um, the two met in June and continued messaging for months. The astronaut, uh, in quotation marks, right. told the woman he loved her and proposed to her, the outlet reported. Uh, her, he told her they could get married when he returned to Earth. The scam astronaut asked the woman to send him money for, quote, landing fees and rocket expenses to return to Earth. And she did it? Yeah, $30,000. Ooh, boy. At what point do you say, I think he might be pulling my leg? Uh, when he doesn't show up. <laughs> Maybe you didn't spend... Oh, Actually, I, didn't, I don't even think you need to go that long on that. Yeah, you know, honey, you sent me uh, $30,000, but it's really $32,000. I forgot the whole uh, the, yeah, there's the valet fee. Shipping and handling. Yeah, valet's not free at the uh, space station. At the uh, at the landing strip, <laughs> man, thirty. You can convince somebody. Well, I guess if you're Alex Jones, you can convince a bunch of people to you know believe something that's not true. There are people out there who can believe. Uh, hey, I'm on. The, I'm in space. You must think you must have hit the jackpot if you got someone this gullible in front of you, and you just like you just dig it deeper and deeper and deeper, and until they. Until you finally say, well, you know, uh, it is going to cost you maybe a little bit more because, uh, you know, there are gratuities involved and, you know, some, un, you know, undue fees that I was not aware of. Yeah. So she sends him $30,000 and then the scammer continued to ask for more money. That's when she said, well, maybe I should call the police. Really? See, I would have called the police before I wrote the check. Three grand or 30 grand. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's when you call the police. Uh, After a grand, you'd probably say, "Oh, maybe, uh, maybe there's something up with this guy." I feel like everybody at some point should have a sit down with Steve Weissman. You know, where they just discuss scams and how and how not to get to the point where you're writing checks to somebody or you know, you're sending them bags of cash. Yeah, at some point you have to kind of assess the reality of the situation and say. There's a very good chance he's not actually going to space. Yeah. Or he's not in space. He said he right. was in space. Yeah, they don't I don't believe there's a like the there's like a a cell phone connection up in space. I think it's uh it's a little bit tough. Yeah, was it uh I can't I can't make a phone call in certain parts of East Longmeadow. You think <laughs> you think you're gonna get a phone call from space? I don't it, think so. That's actually a good point about the the cell phone things. There's like certain areas where you drive through around Western Massachusetts that you just hit a dead spot. And yeah. I don't understand why that is, because it's in a highly populated area where you think there would be multiple towers around. It's West Springfield into Westfield. There's that like mile stretch where there's on nothing Route on. Route 20? Yeah, where yeah. there's like nothing on either. And, and actually, that's the section they've put a road diet on now. It's only a one lane. Uh, oh, my God. Traffic. But uh, but every it's like the dead zone. As soon yeah. I, I know that my call is going to drop, or I'm going to be able, it's going to fade in and out if I go through that area. So I usually tell people, I'll just call you back. Longmeadow is one giant dead zone. That's a hell of a place to make a phone call in Longmeadow, especially if you're trying to like, you know, you're going down Converse and you're yeah. trying to head to the highway. Yeah, that's that's a pain in the ass. East Longmeadow, Porter Road. Never had a phone call that didn't drop on Porter Road in East Long Meadow. Really? Every single time. What is it about that? I, I don't, don't know. 
I don't know. It, it, it's 2022. We can't figure out like, how to keep a phone call. Like you know, you, you activated. Like I know. Uh, like if I when I drive through the hill towns, obviously you're gonna lose signal when you drive through some of the mountains. So there's like a spot in Russell where you drive through. I get that part, but like in that Westfield area, I don't get that. There's it's it's a highly populated area up beyond that Route 20. Yeah. What is there something that's like preventing the the signal from it's it's like nobody wants so, a, nobody wants a tower in their backyard. I no do. One, I, I would love to have a tower in my backyard. No kidding. I mean, the money you make off those things? Well, never mind the money. I just want to be able to make a phone call. I want to be able to go from room to room without dropping with drop you know dropping a phone call to my parents or you know to my kids. That would be that would be terrific. It would be it. What about if you're on the International Space Station? Well, I you mean, don't think it, there's a signal up there. That's why you need thirty thousand dollars for the for the roaming fees. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, my my Go phone is out of minutes. <laughs> Can you send me thirty thousand dollars to make this call and to land in your backyard? It's eight fifty seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> 